Electricast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was crossing off goals, achieving things. You know, on paper, my life was absolutely amazing, but I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And after seeing with the medicine, I started to see this loop that now here, two and a half years later, I know is an addiction. And we joke about being a workaholic, but the truth is when we cross off a goal or we achieve massive success, say in paying seven figures or being named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40, or writing three books in less than a year, whatever it might be for you, we feel really good in the moment. But the truth is like all there ever is, is the present moment. So in that present moment, we get this massive hit of dopamine, then comes the crash and then comes like, well, now what? And then we want that high again. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. We got another awesome guest for you today. Today's guest is Sam Kabert. Sam is the founder and CEO of Swagworks and Clone Yourself, where his mission is to help people work less and live more. He helps business owners scale by building and managing remote teams of virtual assistants. Hiring VAs has become increasingly popular during the past few years, and it's pretty obvious why. Adding a VA team allows you to improve your performance, raise your productivity, and save money. But according to Sam, the most valuable benefit of working with the VA is that they give you your life back. Sam is a firm believer that work is only one component of your life, and he's on a mission to help entrepreneurs achieve soul life balance. His perspective is fascinating. In this episode, we chat about why soul life balance is more important than work-life balance, the importance of mental health, and why work should come second, and why you should first realize where you spend your time before hiring a VA. If you want to find out more about the power of virtual assistants, you're in the right place. Sam says VAs have been his secret ingredient to success, and he's eager to share more with other business owners and professionals. I hope you love this episode. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, we're excited to have you. Hey, the way I usually like to start is I'd love to just find out what you're doing now, uh, what type of work you do, and just a little bit about yourself that you're willing to share with us. Yeah, it's super confusing what I do, and I really need to work on that. It's been an issue for almost five years, it feels like. I remember being on stage presenting at Entrepreneurial Jam and self-deprecating humor, of course, but my identity crisis because at the time I had several podcasts and not much has changed. Now I have two different businesses, two different podcasts, a food show on YouTube that hasn't been updated much since the pandemic. I do this other YouTube series that's kind of uh, not as popular. I don't spend as much time on it, although I love doing it, but it's called Brochuality, where I, I break down bro type movies that have hidden spirituality. We did this amazing uh, one with Old School, where at the end, the character Frank the Tank, played by Will Ferrell, demonstrates what channeling is. So it's just cool to you know bridge the gap between um, bro culture, because I'm a recovering bro, as I like to say. <laughs> But yeah, I was named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 at the age of 31 in 2019, named to my industry, this promotional products industry's rising stars last year. And um, yeah, I just do a lot of different things. It's kind of confusing. And the main thing I'm really focused on right now is writing my fourth book. This one's uh, all centered around soul life balance rather than work life balance, which is just a reframe to realize that work is a component of life. And that whatever soul means to you, whether you're religious, you're spiritual or agnostic, whatever it is, it could be as simple as you know walking your neighborhood with your, your shoes off and connecting with the earth, whatever it is, we need to put that first, that our mental health is the most important. And there's just too much of an emphasis on work. So that's kind of like the high overview. There's just, there's so many questions I have for you. I, I, this is going to be a fun sure. conversation. I first want to dig in. I'm just dying to know, because you sound like the mad scientist in a way. Like you've got all these different business ventures things. Is your mind like just racing a million miles an hour? I mean, I give us a second in your mind. I'm dying to know. Well, I know this is a business <laughs> podcast, so I'm not going to get too woo, but I'm, I'm very spiritual. And I was recently at an event for like spiritual entrepreneurs, basically. And one of my best friends was there. We talk every day, but she, she lives like on the other side of the state. And um, it, we were just like very close in proximity. And she's like, I can hear your thoughts. And I was like, no, you can't. And, and, and she was like, no, I can. She goes, you need to slow down. There's too much happening. I go, right, yeah, right. how do you think it is for me? But um, <laughs> in all sincerity, like jokes aside and everything, flow is a real thing. And I'm in this uh, fellowship and mastermind called Fit for Service. And actually, just yesterday, we had a call with the coaches. And my question for them was about how to recover from a crash of being in flow. And they had a really good reframe where they're talking about how to get in flow. And I'll see if I remember this, but there's four stages of being in flow. And do you know about this? No, no, I'm fascinated. Please continue. Yeah, I wish I had my journal so I could really tell you exactly what it is. So I'm going off memory, but the first stage was like... um I think it's the buildup, kind of like the tension of uh, things aren't like right. And then the second stage was the change you're going to make. And then the third stage was actually being in flow. And then the fourth stage, which I was calling a crash, they said is called recovery. And 
it's actually a part of the cycle of being in flow. So I bring that up because you're talking about like being the mad scientist and everything. There's something called human design. It's more new agey and it basically not to get into all of that, but I'm a manifester type, which is about 10% of the population. There's about three to five different types. And manifestors are, you know, classic entrepreneurs, like they're visionary, creative, that type of stuff. But the other part of being a manifester is you have these lulls where you just get burned out and you can't be like 70% of the population are generators. And generators are exactly what it sounds like doing and taking action. So as a manifester, it makes so much sense that I've figured out how to build out virtual assistant teams to support me because I don't have the energy to do it myself. I can dream up all this stuff, but I can't actually do it. You know, I can record a podcast and all this other stuff or write a book or all this type of stuff. But like when it comes to graphic design or audio editing for a podcast or video editing or updating websites or, you know, finances for my business, like no one can do all that, to be honest. Yeah. Plus it probably short circuits you. Like it's like, it's not, it's not even slightly interesting to you is what I'm, I'm imagining. Is, is that a fair statement? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and I do want to go there now with Swagworks and, and, and clone yourself, but particularly Swagworks, those are two of your businesses. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit before the show, take us through that. Like you, you shared some of your experiences related to you were dealing, we were starting into the weebs with a lot of that stuff that business owners just, it just frustrates the heck out of them. Employee turnover, terminations, whatever. Can you share the story with us? Yeah, I'd love to. It'd be an honor. So I'm 33 now. It's uh, 2021. I started Swagworks back in college, uh, which was then known as Chico Feet. It was like my last year of college. And then I went to to Chico State, Northern California, grew up in Silicon Valley, moved back home and merged that business with my family's business called Value Business Products. They do office supplies. They're to this date, they are the only remaining family owned, independently operated office supply company in Silicon Valley, which, like wow. when I was growing up as a kid, there was like 30 independents and now they're the only one. So, anyways, yeah, merged it with them. And then I started to do office supply sales. And after like two years of doing office supply sales, I wasn't selling anything really. That's the truth. I was selling promotional products because that's what I was passionate about. That's what I liked. And they're very similar like buyers and products to sell. So it's nice. A lot of office supply companies will sell promotional products or a lot of promotional products companies. Eh, Some might sell office supplies. So anyways... After a few years at failing uh, at selling office supplies, I went full swag. And I remember being at a office supply conference and all these people are talking about like office supply industry trends, which I know that sounds ridiculous. A lot of people are like, what trends? But you know, every industry's got trends. Sure. And all I want to talk about was promotional products, swag. So and one of the girls jokingly called me Swag Sam. And that was back in like 2013. So jokingly with my friends, I would call myself Swag Sam. And I remember right... My dad started his company, Value Business Products, in 1980. And he was going door-to-door selling and repairing typewriters. And I think it was like the 30th anniversary or maybe it was the 35th uh, anniversary, 2015. And 
what he really wanted was uh, some press in the local paper. So, you know, I'm like, hey, dad, all right, let's do this. So I was like, you have typewriters still. Show me how to use this thing, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm millennial. I don't know how to use it. So it took me forever to write this letter on a typewriter, but I wrote this letter on a typewriter. I sent it to local news agencies about basically how we're third generation because mm-hmm. I'm the third generation because my dad's dad in LA repaired typewriters and sold them. And it's morphed into like me doing swag now, right? Sure. And there was no interest, no callback or anything. So I had already had a chip on my shoulder, but now this chip on my shoulder grew even more because I was just this guy selling swag in Silicon Valley where there's these amazing companies doing like amazing things in the world, but I'm just putting logos on things, right? No one cares about that. So that's when I really got into networking. I became chair of Silicon Valley Young Professionals. I was on the board of a few nonprofits, which really helped to open up doors. And then I got the idea to um, start a podcast in late 2016. And then in January of 2017, we launched uh, not knowing what we were doing. It was literally like that scene in Zoolander where they're like, it's inside the computer and they're dancing around like (laughs) monkeys. Like, what are the files inside the computer? Like, that was us. We had no idea what we were doing, but we figured it out as we went along. And that's when... um, I really started working with virtual assistants, you know, for audio editing, graphic design, for to help build a website, all that sort of stuff. And by that point in time, my business was scaling. I mean, this was 2017. I had been doing selling swag for six years at that point. And obviously, content creation, podcasting really helped to open up doors. I think I did. in net sales in like 12 months directly relatable from podcasting, just from doors opening. And then, yeah, I started spending more time content creation. I was working with VAs, all that sort of stuff. And then I was giving my right-hand employee so much work that I needed to hire a second employee. So I hired a second one. He went on paternity leave and I started working with his assistant basically directly and it just wasn't working out. And, you know, it was the first time I had to let someone go and it was really tough. And it was also deflating. It was tough to like do that, like just from a human to human point of view, knowing that they need to make a living. And then it was deflating that I needed to start over. Then my right hand man comes over, comes back from paternity leave. And within a couple of weeks, gives his two weeks after being with us for three or four years. So it's totally out of the blue. And then I like to joke, I did what all great entrepreneurs do. That night, I ordered a large pizza and got a six pack of beer. And I said, <laughs> I'm not going to bed until I figured this out and made a lot of phone calls. And it was... um that night that I made the conscious decision that I was uh, doing pretty well with working with VAs. I'm going to switch my business model and only work with virtual assistants for the swag business. And that's going to be it. And that was probably late 2017. And here we are in 2021. Swagworks is totally managed by VAs. Pre-pandemic, I was increasing sales year over year and working less than four hours a day. And then I forgot exactly what your question was, but I think that's kind (laughs) of uh, where I should stop for now. Yeah. No, that was perfect. In fact, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I think this is pretty public. You're, you're a seven-figure business. You have minimal participation in the business. Your VAs are running it. You've apparently... Did you have the VAs write out the systems and the processes, or is that something you help them do? How did you get to a point where you've got this 
completely, you know, because that's utopia for us business yeah. owners is get to a state where the business is systematized and you have complete freedom. In fact, in my framework, I call it the freedom step, step five of where you want to get. Can you take us through a little bit how you got to there? Was there some growing pains or how, how did that all work out? Yeah, Tyler, those are excellent questions. Well, to start off with, I read four-hour work week in, I don't know, 2012 or 13. And before I got into podcasting, I was failing at working with VAs left and right because I was going to Fiverr.com. And it was like, um, I used to use an analogy, like it's like going to the candy store and filling up on samples. You know, like we all do that five finger discount of some taffy and then you (laughs) buy stuff because you feel guilty. And then you walk outside and you feel like, oh, well, no, I filled up on samples and like that, whatever. That's how it was with Fiverr. Like I was like, well, I don't know what to do with VAs. And I was still young and I was still green and I was having them do dumb stuff for five bucks, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until I got into podcasting that I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And then it wasn't until I lost the two employees and I was like, okay, now I'm going to take this to the next level. So there was a lot of growing pains in the process. And to be more direct, your question about standard operating procedures and SOPs and building out efficiencies and processes, I didn't do any of that. You know, I was like, my whole thing was like, if my employees could do this and build out SOPs for our business, why can't VAs? And uh, I think one of the biggest mindset shifts to make when working with VAs is to realize that virtual assistants are people too. No, they're not magical elves. And if we start to look at them as if they were employees and we slow down, then we don't have these unrealistic expectations. And we start to realize, oh, well, maybe since we know and we accept that there's growing pains with employees, maybe we're going to be okay that there might be as much or even more growing pains with VAs, but we're in it for the long haul and we're going to make this work. So just like working with employees, you know, there's growing pains and all that sort of stuff, but no, I don't do SOPs. Even today, I have a new service called Wizard Teams where instead of teaching people how to build it out virtual assistant teams, we do it for you. So you tell us what you want done, then my team behind the scene gets it done. And we have a very large podcaster right now, a big influencer that's one of the, our clients. And I'm looking at their systems and I'm I'm like, you guys have jacked up systems. <laughs> I'm going to have my team build out your systems for you because I can't come in and do this based off of your, like, you know, just not complete system. Like no one could do this. And whether they continue to work with us or they take it back in house or not, it it doesn't really matter. The point is it's all about systems, right? So I'm so happy you asked that. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. You know, you said something that was such gold, and I don't think people get this that often, is VAs are people too. And it sounds silly, but so many people that I've worked with over my career, they hire VAs and they feel like they create no relationship. They just throw out these tasks to them 
I even have a client right now and I'm trying to coach him on not to treat the VA that treat the VA that way. And because it's just human nature, like you, you build that relationship and you treat them as a valued individual, your team, and you just get a whole different result than if you treat them like they're a robot or they're just the means to the end of your task. So I, I think it's amazing that you have that philosophy. Did you share that? Or do, you, do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah, no, I talk about that in my podcast, Clone Yourself, in the course. I have online courses in my coaching and my masterminds. I, I definitely am outspoken about that because, yeah, I did a plant medicine uh, called ayahuasca. And one of the things that came up for me was the way I treat my VA. So I was uh, completely guilty of this. And I mean, I don't understand why we're like this, myself included. Like, why do we think that we're all as humans, we're always looking for a shortcut, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, VAs are a shortcut. And it's like, well, if it's going to be less expensive and it's going to be like this amazing solution, it just doesn't make sense. Like, we just think that it's going to be easier. It doesn't make sense. If it's going to be less expensive and all and less hassle of like less headaches dealing with the legalities of having employees, sick time, uh, backups, all that type of stuff. Why is it that we think it's going to be so much easier? It's not, you know, but if we have simple mindset shifts where we start to realize that, then we begin to slow down. And then, yes, it is easier and it is less expensive, but we need to have those mindset shifts. Yeah, that's wisdom. That's that's great stuff. Hey, I do want to, as you're getting into mindset, I love the whole soul life balance concept. And I do have to give a disclaimer here. So, you know, I've got a background in accounting. I've been accused over my career of being a black and white type guy, meaning, you know, getting in the gray zone can be a little uncomfortable sometimes. I think I'm better at that. Can you kind of share with us and go in this direction of soul life balance? Help us maybe just share what it is and how people can improve their lives in this area. Yeah. So I mentioned briefly that I sat with this plant medicine called ayahuasca and I was in a really deep and dark depression. I was crossing off goals, achieving things, you know, on paper, my life was absolutely amazing, but I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And after seeing with the medicine, I started to see this loop that now here, two and a half years later, I know is an addiction. And we joke about being a workaholic, but the truth is when we cross off a goal or we achieve massive success, say in paying seven figures or being named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 or writing three books in less than a year, whatever it might be for you, we feel really good in the moment. But the truth right. is like all there ever is is the present moment. So in that present moment, we get this massive hit of dopamine, then comes the crash and then comes like, well, now what? And then we want that high again. So I was just in this self-perpetuating loop of trying to get that high again. And what I realized as well was most of the things I was chasing and I was doing were not things I wanted. I had stopped going out into nature. I had stopped going to the lake, uh, camping, all the things I loved. And I was working on the weekends. I was working at nights or whatever it might be, or just didn't know what my hobbies were. My friends evolved around business, everything in my life around evolved around business because I had blinders on it. I thought that's why I won. But here's the thing. Work-life balance sounds great in theory. You know, it really does, right? But if we take a closer look, it's I'm very big on um, questioning all of 
everything. And I really do believe that our society programs and conditions us. And I do believe that work-life balance is part of the agenda because if you think about it, we do spend most of our waking hours doing business work. We didn't come here on earth, whatever your beliefs are, like if you believe in evolution or if you believe in God or if you believe in reincarnation or whatever you believe, do you really think when humanity first started or you look at the other animals in the world, they're not, they don't have a money system or work or anything like this is ridiculous how much of our time is spent working. And anyways, work-life balance, this whole thing, it's a distraction, just like sports are a distraction. So many movies and TV shows, it's all a distraction. And uh, work-life balance, basically what I'm getting at here is we start to glorify ourselves as being a weekend warrior. Like, what is that about? Like, we're going to work five days a week and then like, oh, I'm a weekend warrior and I'm going to do all this or I'm going to have the best work-life balance. And then also like we save up for that one day of retirement for when we're old and we're not as mobile and able to do stuff. Like, how does that make any sense at all? None of it makes any sense. So the invitation here is a reframe of soul life balance where we look at work as a component of life and we put feeding your soul first. And like I said at the beginning, soul can mean whatever it means to you. You know, Tyler, you and I were talking about surfing earlier and surfing is a very spiritual thing, being in the ocean with the waves and thinking about the sea creatures you can't see below you. Like a lot of surfers are very spiritual or, or it's a spiritual experience, but you might not be quote unquote spiritual, whatever soul means to you, whether you're religious, spiritual, agnostic, whatever the case may be. And like I said, it could be looking at a sunset or walking around with your feet off. It could be meditating. It could be journaling. It could be praying. It could be reading, whatever it is, putting these type of activities first. And then when you look at the life side of soul life balance, put work as a category underneath life. And this is all mindset to your point. Like people always want to know, well, how I still need to work, you know, and that's where the virtual assistants come in for entrepreneurs because it frees up your time. So you can free, free up your time. And for employees, you can look at becoming a freelancer so that you essentially become your own boss and you choose your hours. So on both sides of the equations, I'm so passionate about virtual assistants because it works right in tandem with soul life balance. And all of this is about mental health. Right. I mean, I love your point is like one of your points was, hey, we weren't put here to work 60 hour weeks like that can't be part of our our journey. I mean, and it resonates a lot of things you said. What do you think in terms of if you were talking to the individual, typical business owner, oftentimes they are stressed, they're overwhelmed. How do you bite into that? Is it is the first answer VAs? Is the first answer living in the moment? I'd just be curious what would you tell someone like their first step in maybe improving their their mental state and their their soul life balance? Yeah, I think it all comes down to awareness. You know, awareness is so important. And there's a book called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And, you know, if you're into mindfulness at all, that's an amazing book where he talks about dropping to into the state of the witness. And the witness is basically the one that sees me as Sam, like the soul that sees it, right? And it's like meditation and concepts like that. But on a more practical level for someone that's not 
not so much into the woo woo or even mindfulness and they just want they're they're just like hey i just need some time so i can breathe and spend it with my wife and kids or whatever or my husband and kids whatever the case may be at that point i have this worksheet called the time audit and it's a free worksheet but you don't even need to download the easiest way to do it is look at more normal ish week and i say normal ish because there's no normal week but like if you're heading out of town or something obviously if you typically don't go out of town that's not a normal ish week so then what you do on this normal ish week is on monday you just jot down the time I like to do it from the moment you wake up to go sleep. But if you want to do it from the moment you start work to end work, that works fine too. You jot down the, the time, how long the task or project takes you and the category. And you do that all day, every time you switch tasks and category. And you do that for a week, even better if you do it for two weeks. Now, a lot of people in business are very good uh, with calendaring and they know where they spend their time. And most business owners, owners or business people still though, if you ask them whether they spend their time, they really don't know you, right? So to do an exercise like this, it's not fun. No one enjoys it. But then the day when you look back at the data, you're able to see where you spend your time. And not only that, I have more worksheets that come after that, where you can plug those tasks and projects into a matrix that really shows you which of those tasks and projects require your specific skill set and which ones don't. From there, you can start to track them or organize them from objective tasks to subjective tasks so that the ones that don't require your skill set and are objective, you can take those off your plate first, give them to your employees or virtual assistants. And since you did the time audit, you know how long those tasks and projects should take. So like this is a whole system that's in my course and everything else and that I teach my students. And yeah, it's, it's very systematic for sure. Yeah, I love that. And, and that's one thing I find a lot of that time audit is just amazing to me. So many people feel overwhelmed and they are. But then when you go through the time audit, it's they're spending six hours on things that have no relevance or no urgency or nothing really to do with them meeting their goals. And it, it's always mind-blowing when you see you know people that are putting in long hours and just their focus isn't in the right direction. I had someone once that was, um, she was a new entrepreneur and not to get into it too much, but she was saying that she was so busy and that she didn't have time and like all this type of stuff. And this is a whole thing where we could get into mindset in terms of victim mentality. But I told her, did the time audit and she sends it to me. She didn't do the time audit. She sends me screenshots of her calendar for a week. (laughs) And I was like, oh, even better. Okay, let's look at this. So many empty blocks and so many blocks on there were like self-care. Like it was like maybe two hours a day of actual work. So this is on like the flip side, like the opposite of a workaholic. This is on someone creating this story that they're so busy and right. that word busy too. Like the, what a terrible word. <laughs> she probably, you know, in her mind though, you know, she was, I mean, you know, it, that's what I find fascinating about it is, you know, oftentimes people do really feel overwhelmed 
But then when you kind of break it down, it's like if you allocated your time differently, you probably wouldn't be. Exactly. And you got support of VA or employees, the whole paradigm changes. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. You're right. So, you know, people like you are really helpful in helping people see that. So that, that's awesome. Hey, I do want to wrap up with one thing. Is there something, and sorry to put you on the spot here, but is there something that comes off the top of your head that you could share with us, whether it be for our business life or our personal life, that could just make us better or improve our life in some way? Anything come to mind? Mm, I think just breathing. You know, I'm a big fan of <laughs> breath work. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious though. Like, um, I do breath work most days. I did 10 days straight. Then I took yesterday off. And then this morning I only did like five minutes of breath work, but I'll do breath work from anywhere between 15 to 45 minutes in the morning. And these are like deep breaths. Like you could look at Wim Hof's app or join the fit mm. for service Academy app, which is free the first month. And there's amazing 45 minute long breath work there. And it just gets you in this meditative state. That's so much more powerful for me than just simply meditating. And the thing is like, I did yoga this morning, but other than doing yoga in five minutes of breath work, when I woke up this morning, I haven't taken one single deep breath and I have a sticker on my monitor that says breathe. And it's a good reminder. And even this morning, you and I were talking before we hit record and I was like, man, it's like, it's kind of nuts this morning. Like there's, I'm getting thrown in so many different ways and like, I was starting to get really stressed. So I'm glad you asked the question because at the time I didn't breathe. I didn't, you know, even though I have all this stuff, but really at the end of the day, if we can take these deep breaths, like that's really going to center us and bring us back to the present moment. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, it's funny. I think we both jumped on and we were both feeling yeah. a little bit stressed. I'm getting pulled in a lot of directions too. So it's a good reminder for me too. I try to do, you know, I have on my watch, it actually reminds me a couple times a day to take deep breaths. And I do actually find value in it. It does seem to center me and slow me down a little bit. So that that's great wisdom there and advice. Hey, so if folks wanted to reach out to you, I have samkabert.com. Kabert is spelled K-A-B-E-R-T. So that's Sam. K-A-B-E-R-T.com. I'll have them go there. I'll put it in the show notes. Anywhere else you'd like people to reach out to you or anything you'd like to, before we wrap up, you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, that's my kind of personal website that has all the things, but you can definitely um, just Google my name. I'm active on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and I show up on Google searches, but yeah, it's, it, you can find all my contact information at samkabert.com and my various projects from the podcast, the food show and the businesses and all that. Yeah, cool. And I did uh, also put your books in the link. I love oh, yeah. the, you have a book about uh, goals, which is obviously huge. And then you have another one that caught my eye was Swag Works, just how you can integrate swag type gifts into your business model. I thought it was pretty cool. So I'll include those. Just love having you on the show. You're a fun guy to talk to. I can tell you just got a ton of knowledge to share. So hopefully you'll be kind enough to come on again and, and uh, we'll refresh when your next book comes out. In fact, what's the topic of your next book, if you don't mind sharing it? Soul Life Balance. So life, oh yeah, that's right. So life balance. So that, when do you expect that to come out? I'm just about to start a, so the first three books I did on my own, but this one I'm like hiring a coach and I think it's a three month program. So I would say maybe December like ish and I'm just pulled it up. Um, Cause I didn't remember what the subtitle was, but the subtitle, and I mean, the title could change, you know, I haven't sure. even started working with the coach, but the subtitle, the working one is the new way of being that goes beyond money, greed, and consumerism. 
Love it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll definitely when you get closer, if you'd be kind enough, I'd love to have you back on. Love to talk about it. Thanks so much, Tyler. I really appreciate the opportunity and I love what you're up to. Um, thank you for having me. Okay, man. Thanks. Have a great one. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid.